there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in becoming an entrepreneur, in particular in the online course and coaching track, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is the creator of the Employee to Entrepreneur online course, which teaches people of all ages how to leave their day jobs and start their own six-figure-plus business working for themselves. But before I introduce you to Louisa Joe, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays and gives you a sneak peek into the episodes and the professionals we're going to be featuring that week. And it is super easy to do. You just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my entrepreneurial espresso lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Louisa Joe, the founder and creator of the Employee to Entrepreneur System, which teaches people of all ages how to leave their day jobs and start their own six-figure-plus business working for themselves. And Louisa has helped thousands of students, including health and business coaches, designers, copywriters, and consultants to launch their own businesses that generate anywhere from 30000 to 100000 get this, in less than a year. Her advice has been featured in numerous online and print publications, including Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, Success Magazine, and so many more. Before starting her own business, Louisa worked as an international space station engineer for Boeing, a mobile payment startup co-founder, and a digital advertising manager. Louisa, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you (laughs) caffeinated and ready to go? So caffeinated and excited to be here. Awesome. What is your favorite brew of choice? A latte with no sugar, just a latte in the coffee. Nice. You're a purist. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's jump into our 10 espresso shots with the first question being, what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into the field of online course and coaching within... I guess, a broader field of entrepreneurship. Yeah. So the beauty of this type of business is that you can start from anywhere. Just like you mentioned earlier, I've worked with students in so many different industries. You start where you are. My recommendation would be start with a corporate job, get that experience, build your skills, hobbies, likes, and then anything you have that can be positioned into a coaching or a course. So really what you're saying is go into some kind of career track, whatever it may be, in an entry-level job and build up your skill sets. Yes. Okay. And we are going to get into 
exactly how you did that. Not that you were <laughs> intentional, but you said, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No, nope. <laughs> no, none of this. But that's the point of this discussion is to help our young listeners really learn from our, not necessarily our mistakes, but our experiences. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is a useful skill or skills, both hard skill, Louisa, and soft skill that you have looked for over the years in the young people that you hire? Yes. So I always, in my type of business, I first look for the exact skills that I'm looking to fill a role. So whether that's knowledge of a certain software, whether that's knowing how to manage a certain platform, whatever that skill is itself. Aside from that, I look for someone who is able to work without a lot of handholding. I will give you very clear metrics on what success is, what it isn't in a role. I will give you the exact things that responsibilities, processes to follow, everything to set you up for success. But then I expect you to drive. That I would say is the number one skill that I look for. And a close second is the ability to be very honest and direct with me and to have very open communication. If you can do those two things, pretty much most other things we can figure out together. Excellent. That is super helpful. And truly being a self-starter is a way of thinking. It's an approach that will serve you well in any industry. Mm, Especially if you want to start your own business. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what about someone's major, Louisa? Is it a deciding factor to get into this profession? And I say this knowing that you were an electrical engineering major at Princeton. (laughs) Yes. So I'm a firm believer of exactly what I went through that. No, it's not. Your major is just where you start. It'll probably give you some good skills and knowledge, but you're going to learn so much more along the way of just living your life. Fantastic. And I know just because I've read up on you and you studied electrical engineering because at the time your parents were saying, hey, study something that you know is going to be a sure bet. (laughs) to have a safe career track, right? Yes, exactly. So if you could go back and do it all over again, what major would you pick? I would still pick the same because even though I'm not using any of the technical skills that I learned, it taught me to be really logical, to be methodical. It was fun. And I can't think of another major I would rather have learned. Excellent. Okay. What about a graduate school degree? And this is less so for those who are looking to break into this industry, maybe more so for those who want to start their own companies one day to be an entrepreneur like you. Do you think that it's important to have a graduate school degree? And if so, which do you think are the most useful to have? So my answer to that is I do not think so. I think there is a time and place for really formal schooling. And in certain industries, of course, it's applicable. But for building your own business, there is nothing that beats hands-on experience. I've worked with a lot of people who have MBAs. And while getting that kind of degree equips you with some great skills, it doesn't necessarily equip you with the real-life skills you need to build your own business. And so I would just say, get the basics and the rest focus on learning from the school of life. Absolutely. 
Speaking of the school of life, what <laughs> kind of life experiences? So those outside the classroom, do you think are the most useful for someone starting out in this field? I think the best is the kind of experience that you get working with a corporation, working in a job. Specifically, the things are how to interact with others in good and bad situations, learning and seeing how a business is actually run before you go off and run your own, seeing all the different functions of different teams and how everyone fits in. I believe nothing beats that. And I know that you have used the word corporations very deliberately. Do you think that someone has to work in a for-profit field rather than Mm. working, let's say, in government or for a nonprofit? That's a good point. I think depending on what kind of business you want to build, that really is the best metric to use to determine where is the best place to be getting your job experience. So I haven't personally worked for the government or for a nonprofit, so I can't speak to that. But what I have seen from people I've worked with and for myself is that really, I did work for Boeing and it's a contractor for the government. That's not the same thing as working for the government, I know. But just the feel of working for that type of company versus one that is 100% focused on profit and customers in a non-government capacity... It was very different. It felt like faster. There was less red tape. So I would say everything can apply. At the end of the day, all of those things we just talked about, they're still businesses and doing different things, but really the same. Having something that maybe makes sales, even if it's a nonprofit, where the profits go back into the corporation. And so I would say all of those are applicable and lots of great learnings in different ways. But it really depends on ultimately where you're wanting to go. Yeah. And I can say just having worked both in the for-profit and nonprofit spaces, in addition to having been a journalist for 20 years, I think it depends on the organization itself. Because Mm. I've worked for well-run nonprofits and those that aren't well run. And I think Luisa's point is about going somewhere where you can learn what we would call best practices. Yes. How a process should work. What is it like to be a good manager? How can you execute your job well? And I think that as you interview for jobs, These are things to keep front of mind. Does the person who's interviewing seem organized? Is there a hum in the office? Does it feel like it has good energy? And what is its website like? Does it look like a really professional organization? I don't know what you think about that. Yes. No, I love that. I 100% agree. Okay. So what is the best part for you, Louisa, of being an entrepreneur in the online course and coaching space? There are a few. I would say the top two is in no particular order. Number one, being able to be self-driven. So I can create the products I want, send out the content I want, speak and work with people I feel like doing that with. And that's just a degree of freedom that you cannot find in many other places. I have to say the second thing is satisfaction of seeing someone take my course and email us and say, whoa, this was amazing. I got this, this, and this result, or this is the best course I've ever seen. 
it feels unreal, to be honest, when I'm reading those emails or reading testimonials to think, oh, whoa, this is from a course I created. I'm really taking that in because I'm actually in the process of writing my Mm. first course. And (gasps) I am really driven by that, (laughs) like that vision of knowing that I have the potential to really help so many young people. And I mean, already, even though my podcast and social enterprise at this stage has no revenue, it is already filling my soul. So I can only Mm. imagine what it'll be like to reach people on an even more potentially impactful level with Mm. a course that they can take. You're going to love it. (laughs) And P.S. folks, we have not mentioned yet the fact that Louisa is a multimillionaire and became a millionaire within the first year of launching her course, right, Louisa? I did. Well, technically, I made a million, didn't have a million in the bank. So I, I want to be very upfront about that. But yes, my business crossed million revenue in its first year. And what are you up to now? Are you able to say? I'm not going to say the exact number, but it is uh, multiple millions like we were talking about earlier. And you graduated 10 years ago. Yes. I mean, unbelievable. So you're in your early 30s. Mm-hmm. What is that like? Honestly, I feel like I'm just getting started. It's a little bit of both worlds. So on one hand, I grew up in a very middle class Asian immigrant family. And the idea that I would be in business for myself, have a business that does the revenue that it does, nobody, myself included, would have believed it. My parents, nobody. And so there is that one side balancing the, whoa, how did this happen to me? How is it possible? I don't know anyone else doing this with the feeling that, okay, cool, I did this. It's amazing. I'm so grateful. But now, what more can I accomplish? Yes, I love that. So as with any job, it doesn't matter if you're in an entry-level position or if you're the founder and CEO of your own company that you launched in your 20s, there are going to be aspects of your job that suck. So what is the part of your current job, Louisa, that sucks the most? (laughs) Oh my gosh, what is that? I would say one piece that I dislike is there are so many amazing people in my industry. Let me preface it with that. But at the same time, I mean, this is true for any industry. I feel like there's a misconception that just because you're creating an online business, maybe it's easier or it's less official somehow. And so sometimes the people I will work with both as partners and or business partners and or as clients just don't, I feel like, take it as seriously as the experiences I had working in corporate. So just feeling like, oh, it's an online business. It's not like a full-on corporation type business. And thus not responding with the same kind of, for lack of a better word, seriousness and commitment to their business. So you're saying that that's the vibe that you get from people when they learn what you do? Oh, no. So thank you for clarifying. No, I'm saying sometimes when I'm working with a business partner to do an affiliate launch or when I'm working with a client occasionally. And this is 
not the norm. So I want to preface it with that. But it's just that I feel like those people sometimes approach in a way that's less serious, less on top of things than what I have experienced in the past working with a corporation. Yeah. I can totally get that because, I mean, if you're working at a place like Boeing, (laughs) I mean, you know, (laughs) huge, huge company. I'm sure any contractors or other businesses that partner with Boeing are like, oh my God, I am so grateful for this opportunity. Mm. And for a young entrepreneur, maybe the sense is, ah, you know, she's not going to have the same expectations as a Mm -hmm. Boeing. And I guess they're a little surprised to find out that you're buttoned up. (laughs) Yes, I can see that. I haven't thought about it that way before. And I agree. I mean, that's going back to what we were saying earlier, why it's so important to start out in a big corporation. It just gives you a different set of expectations for yourself and the way you do business that I think it's just so great to uphold. Yes. I also agree with that. And now that I'm on or in my fourth profession, I can say, looking in the rearview mirror, all of the different experiences, both good and bad that I've had, are playing a role in helping me build the business that I'm building right now Mm. and are so valuable. If I hadn't had those interim steps after I left journalism to where I am right now, first of all, I wouldn't have even thought about having a social enterprise versus a business. So next question, next espresso shot, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten, Lisa? (laughs) I would have to say the best career advice is basically stop being arrogant. And what I mean by that is, especially after my first year in business, I was getting a little full of myself. Like, all right, okay, I did this cool thing I never thought I'd be able to do. And I am hot stuff. And I started thinking, you know, why am I not growing my business even faster? Why am I not yet being seen as a leader in my industry. And I was talking to one of my mentors. And he said, Look, have you really earned the right to have any of that? If I pull up your name, do I see pages and pages of content that you've created all over the internet? Have you shared content consistently and given value and impacted people and the things that are going to make your business grow and make you a leader in your industry? And I had to sit down and say, no, this is so embarrassing, no. And that really just kind of put me mentally in my place in a good way. And so every time I'm thinking of something similar, nowadays, I remind myself, look, am I being arrogant or have I really earned it? I love that advice. And another way that I've thought about that is about the importance of being humble. Mm, And I can tell you, Louisa, I was right around your age and I thought I was hot shit. I had just been brought back (laughs) from China by CNN to be the State Department correspondent. And I had been the bureau chief and correspondent in China. And I was told by the then president of CNN that I was a star. And man, did that go to my head. And pretty darn quickly, I was way out of my comfort area. I was having to learn 
a ton about the Middle East, about South Asia, about Europe, and parts of the world that I knew very little about because my background was in Asia. And oh my goodness, I had to eat some humble pie. Mm. Right? I mean, there was a point when I wasn't sure if CNN was going to renew my contract. And this was years before they didn't renew my contract. So I was like walking on thin ice. And that was an amazing experience to have. It sucked at the time, but it was an amazing experience because it taught me exactly what you were saying, the importance of keeping your ego in check and recognizing that there's an awful lot that we still need to learn and that we still need to do to get the respect that we might have felt we deserved at the time. Yes, (laughs) very well said. (laughs) So two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or books do you think, and I know this is a hard question for you, (laughs) accurately depict your profession? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. I cannot think of a good movie or show that really depicts that. The closest thing that I can think of is a book called The $100 Startup. And the reason I mentioned that, even though it doesn't talk in as much detail about building an online course or coaching business, I remember reading it, I don't even know, so many years ago. And the concept is that you can build a business with $100. And at that time, all I knew was the world of tech startups where the companies are raising millions or hundreds of millions of dollars. And I remember reading that and thinking, whoa, what? How is this even a thing? The book gives so many examples of online businesses that were built with very low overheads and a lot of ideas and innovation and problem solving. I remember reading that and just having my mind blow. I mean, this was before I'd ever really even heard of an online business or what could be possible and just being like, whoa, okay, this sounds really cool. How do I learn more? Nice. Okay. We will include that in show notes. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession? Maybe that it's not the stereotypical image that you might have heard of where we're sitting on the beach drinking margaritas all the time, just, you know, getting paid in courses. I mean, the schedule is amazing. Once you created your business, you've set up your systems. I'm definitely going to be honest about that. However, there's still content creation, they're still working with people in your business. And I mean, there's always something to do. I would say it's not passive income. Yes, you can technically sell a course and not have to be involved with it. But everything that goes into creating the course, building your audience, every other step of the process is very much not passive. I think that is so important to share. And I can say because I'm still in the process of building the course, holy cow, it is a heavy lift. Yes. It is not something that you're doing over a weekend. I mean, Mm -hmm. certainly I would say not if it's going to be a certain quality. Mm, Yes. And I think, especially for someone like me, who's never done this before and has a number of professions under my belt and can write quickly, I got to tell you, folks, it's still a pretty time-intensive process. It's true. There's <laughs> there's no, I mean, there's no other way to, to do it. You're going to create a great course. It's going to be worth it. But yeah, upfront, 
it is time intensive. So speaking of courses, Louisa's course, you can find it at Louisa Joe, and that is L-U-I-S-A-Z-H-O-U.com. And if you go to her website, you'll get a free PDF with her roadmap for building a six-figure online business. Louisa, thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. I have so much admiration for what you have done and the incredible business that you've built and that I know you're going to continue to expand upon in the years to come. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.